Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. The word biology means the study of life. Meteorology, where's, uh... there she is. Meteorology, study of weather. Cardiology, Josh. Oh, he's with the kids. Shots fired. Too soon, too soon. Josh is our family pastor and at 36 year old, uh, had a widow maker heart attack and almost went to heaven. So we're super glad that he has eight stents and is uh, good to go, ready to run. But cardiology is the study of the heart. Uh, geology, I got this wrong. I thought it was the study of rocks. It's the study of the earth. Dermatology, you got that little thing to get checked out? Yeah, I got one on my shoulder if anybody has a good dermatologist. So here's one. Rhinology. The nose, good, 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 good. There's no way you're gonna get the next one. Dipterology. There was a couple that actually were almost dirty words that I thought about doing for fun, but I was afraid of like the comment section, so. The study of flies. Gross. That people, like that's their job. You're not getting this one, except most of you are really good at this one. Um, Astecology. Astecology. That dude laughed. This is the one that I left in. There's no way you're going to get it, so just click on it, Josh. You Googled it. No way. You totally Googled it. South Central Texas. Shout out to my nephew who wanted to be a doctor and instead got a zoology degree. Not the study of zoos, the study of animals. And that equipped my nephew to be an electrical engineer. So at least he's got a piece of paper hanging on the wall in his office. Theology. And if I could have only asked for a better description, it is literally the study of the nature of God. Every believer should be a theologist. Every believer should be working on getting their high school diploma in theology, their associate's degree in theology, getting their bachelor's, their master's. I want everybody working towards a doctorate degree in the character and nature of God. I want you to really understand God, because I think most Christians are really good at church, but we're terrible at God. We're good at religion, we're not so good at relationship. So if we're going to study God, if we're all going to become theologists, if you are anything like me in high school, sorry mom, I need a cheat sheet. I need the cliff notes, I need something to help me, I need to be able to watch the movie on Netflix, I, I need something to help me cheat. Because God is just too magnificent for the human brain to understand. God is just too incredible for us to try to to, to, to comprehend his glory and his goodness. And if only we could like have some sort of an image, a picture, a study of what God looks like in human form. If only we had the exact representation of God on the earth. 
see where I'm going with this? Show me that verse. Hebrews chapter 1, the Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of God in heaven. Jesus is perfect theology. That is a quote from Pastor Bill Johnson, and I've heard it before, and it's just kind of melted my face off, because if we're really gonna understand God, if we're really gonna study theology, if we really have to study Jesus, because we, we see God. Now, I also, I, I, the character and nature of God is revealed in the unique nature of Jesus. So it's important for us to study Jesus in this way. So to be clear, if you're new to Jesus stuff, and we talk about God as Father and Jesus as Son and Holy Spirit, people that, that, that might be new to Jesus things are like, I don't, I don't do, do we worship three gods? Of course not. We worship one God, but the Bible reveals the Lord in what we refer to as the Trinity. And I don't just mean a, a river for you to dump bodies in Dallas. I mean the Trinity as in the representation of God in three persons. But we do not worship three gods. We, we worship the, the God of the Old Testament. We worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We, we, we worship God, but we see God in three persons. We see him in the Bible as God the Father. We see him in the Bible as God the Son. We see him in the Bible as God the Holy Spirit. He refers to himself in three persons. He is fully God as Father. Jesus is fully God as Son. Holy Spirit is fully God as Spirit. And it is a mystery. The most crude example that I could give to you would be H2O. H2O was the exact same thing, one form. Below freezing is a solid, as ice. And at room temperature, it's a liquid. But above boiling, it becomes a gas. It is the exact same thing, but it's in three states. It's in three distinct expressions. So that is God. He is God. But we see him in Scripture in three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. So we have this problem that started back in the book of Genesis right after creation. Adam and Eve introduced sin to mankind, which separated God from man. But that wasn't God's desire. God wanted a family, and we were disconnected from the Father. So there needed to be a rescue mission. And Jesus the Son said, I'll, I'll go, and I'll take on human likeness. I'll, I'll humble myself, is what Philippians said, and I will humble myself into an earthly form, fully God, but also fully man. So we as budding theologists, we have to study Jesus to see the illustration of God. Because we have this physical cheat sheet that for 33 years Jesus lived on this earth and for three and a half years he ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. John put it this way in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. Highlight this, the Word was God. He, referring to Jesus, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, without Jesus, nothing was made. So John is referring to Jesus as the Word, and the Word 
was God. The Word is God. Jesus is fully God, incarnate on the earth. But skip down to verse 14. The Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. We've seen His glory and the glory of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, so Jesus, as theologists, we study Jesus as our example of the nature and character of God manifest on the earth. So we have to study Jesus if we want to pass theology class. And um, this whole week, actually it started two weeks ago when I was reading the book of Hebrews, I just was fascinated and fixated on Jesus. I've always just loved Jesus and I had this passion for Jesus, but it's like I was talking to um, Alan this week, we were driving together, and he goes, what, what are we learning on Sunday? I said, I don't know, but I know that it's gonna be completely centered on Jesus because I am just obsessed with Jesus this week. Everything for me has been Jesus this and Jesus that. Now, please don't get me wrong. Like, oh, he's becoming a Jesus only guy. Careful. I study my Old Testament because I see Jesus in the book of Genesis. I, I see Jesus in the ministry of Moses. I see Jesus and the prophets paving the way. All of the Old Testament set the stage and the foundation to reveal Jesus to us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Jewish people, all of the Old Testament is the foundation that's under our feet. Of faith but but when Jesus was revealed it revealed a part a character and nature of God that we never saw before see in the Old Testament we didn't see God as this loving and intimate father we, we saw God as as almost this taskmaster that set up very specific rules and if you didn't obey God's rules at the very least you were cast out and at the very most you were killed for not obeying God's rules and suddenly we see Jesus refer to God as a father and there is this intimacy, and we begin to see this, this love relationship that we are invited into to have with God as a father. So we see the character of God as father, but we see it reflected in the son. John was recounting a story with the disciples where they were really having a hard time understanding this very topic. And Philip, one of the disciples, is like, hey, Jesus, show us the father, and that's going to be enough. And Jesus said, um... Bro, I've been with you for so long and you still don't know me, Phil? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show me the Father? So yes, Jesus came in the rescue mission. Yes, Jesus came to be a sinless sacrifice to take our sin to the cross. But I, I think the bigger picture of Jesus' miss, mission on the earth was to reveal the Father to us. Here's an example of that. I won't read the story for time, but there's a woman that's caught in adultery. And under Jewish law, she should be taken and stoned, killed for committing adultery, having sex outside of the covenant of marriage. There'd be a lot of dead people in America right now. So Jesus intervenes on this situation. Now, he never condoned her sin. In fact, he said, daughter, go and sin no more. But what is revealed is the love of the Father that was not revealed like this in the Old Testament. Jesus came and had a father-daughter moment and said, this is, this is my daughter, and I'm going to protect her. I'm not going to condone her sin. I'm going to tell her to knock it off, but I'm going to protect her and lead her by my kindness to a way of holiness. This is what a good dad would do. Any good, loving father would intervene on his daughter's behalf, even if his daughter had done stupid and got herself in this situation, a loving father will protect his daughter and show his love and show that there is a better way. So Jesus 
was always revealing the love of the Father, not condoning her sin, but saying, listen, the Father loves you so much, and the Father has a better way of living than the way you're living, so go and sin no more. It is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's a great mystery for us to understand, but we, we see the love and mercy of a Father in heaven revealed through Jesus the Son. I've heard it once before, Jesus is perfect theology. But here's the problem. After Jesus resurrected from the dead, he went to heaven and gave us his Holy Spirit. It is our job to continue Jesus' mission. So it is now our responsibility to reflect the Father. It is our responsibility on the earth to represent the Father to an orphan generation. If we're going to study theology, we need to study Jesus. And if we're going to study Jesus, we need to be like Jesus and reflect the love of the Father for a lost and hurting generation. There's, a verse that I, there's one verse that I need to get to in 1 John. But to give you the context of the verse before and after, we're going to have to take a rabbit trail that doesn't have to do with the message, but I just can't not read it. Is that all right? Of course it's all right. I have a mic and you don't. <laughs> First John chapter 3. Little children at Uncommon Church, please don't let anyone deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning since the beginning. Now, I want to remind you that this letter was written to believers in Jesus. He's writing to the church. And he said, hey, you live righteous, you are righteous. If you make a practice of sinning, you are a sinner. And he wrote this to the church. But then listen to the verse. This is the verse I'm going for. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God will make a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, or at least it should. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. So the verse I'm going for is the Son of Man came to destroy the works of the devil. But the side note that I need to take is this. Righteous people practice righteousness. Sinners sin. And no one born of God continues to practice sin. Now, I'm not saying you don't stub your toe and say a bad word in the middle of the night. I, I, I'm not saying you don't sin. I'm just saying you don't make a practice of sinning anymore. You shouldn't be any good at it. You shouldn't enjoy it. That if and when you sin, the Holy Spirit is like, mm -mm 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 -mm, go and sin no more. You repent and you return back to righteous living. But some people in the church are just as good as sinning now as they were before they were baptized. Meaning, you're still serving the devil because you do not have the seed of God living on the inside of you. you. If you can still get drunk, if you can still sleep with somebody you're not married to, if you can still look at pornography, if you can still steal from your work or lie to your work, I question you're even saved. You need to go back to the beginning, repent of your sin, make Jesus the Lord of your life, and start over because you have been deceived. Remember what John said. Don't let anyone deceive you. People that practice righteousness, they live and they are righteous. But fakers are going to fake it. Anywho, let's go back to the verse that I was looking for. <laughs> the Son of Man came to destroy the works of the devil. Basically sums up Jesus' 33 years on the earth. But... My question is, and it just doesn't make any sense to me, 
If Jesus was going to invest everything in this rescue mission, if Jesus was going to come and reflect the perfect reflection of the Father, if Jesus was going to return to the Father and then send us his Holy Spirit to empower us, would not the mission of Jesus continue on the earth through us? Let me read you this. John, right after Jesus' resurrection, the disciples are kind of, heads are still spinning and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And Jesus said, hey, 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 peace. Warning. In the same way that the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Guys, just leave that verse up for a minute. In the same way that the Father sent Jesus the Son to live on this life, sinless and holy and full of the Holy Spirit and revealing the mercy and compassion of the Father, being doctorate-level theologists, casting out demons, multiplying food, walking on water, raising the dead, healing the sick, preaching the gospel. Jesus is like, yeah, now I'm sending you to go do the same. Go represent the Father to a fatherless generation. What does the word represent mean? Re-present the Father. Now Jesus is sending us, those of you that just started another year of school, whether you're a student or a teacher, your job, your mission in life is to represent Jesus to a bunch of orphans that think that they're fatherless. Represent Jesus in every room you walk into. Back in you know, 30 years ago, the, the, the fad was to wear one of those rubber wristbands that said WWJD, what would Jesus do? Don't you think that'd be a pretty good example to live by 30 years later? That even today, more than just a fad of Christianity in years past, we should still be saying, what would Jesus do? How can I look like Jesus on the earth today? What does that look like? Well, we need to study Jesus. So I encourage you, I double-dog dare you, become infatuated with Jesus. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read Genesis, read Revelation, because he's in all 66 books from cover to cover. What is it about Jesus? Jesus had no sin. He was tempted in every kind of sin that we're tempted in, but he chose righteousness. He chose holiness. He chose not to sin. Jesus was tempted, but chose not to sin. Go and do likewise. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was fully God, yes, but he became fully man, full of the Holy Spirit. So you want to do what God has called you to do? You need to live a life that is sinless and full of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, go and destroy the works of the enemy. And in the same way that the Father sent me, I am sending you. So what does that mean for us? We should live without sin. We should live full of the power of the Holy Spirit. We should destroy the works of the enemy. And we should model, we should be an example of a loving father to a hurting generation. And here's, here's how this is going to get kind of specific. Nobody that came to Jesus with faith for healing went away sick and broken. Everyone was healed that came to Jesus in faith. Nobody came to Jesus with somebody that was demon-possessed, and that person left with demons. Jesus ruined every funeral he went to. Don't laugh, but I buried a friend of mine yesterday. I've buried five people that I love in the last couple of months. 
Jesus never allowed a storm to hurt his beloved. Every storm he brought peace to. So if we're really going to do what Jesus did on the earth, we need to destroy the works of the enemy. We need to go and do likewise. And here's where like religious people be like, well, bless God. Listen here, preacher. Jesus was fully God. Yes. But did Jesus perform miracles on the earth as fully God or as a man full of God? Because a man full of God describes you and I. If Jesus only performed miracles as God, then we stand on the sidelines and we're like, bravo, Jesus, walking on water, multiplying food, raising the dead, healing the sick, casting out demons. You're amazing and I worship you. But where does that leave us in 2023? That leaves us with no power to pray for the sick, no power of God to drive out demons, no power of God to believe for anything. So all that does is make us secondary bystanders just go, Jesus was good 2,000 years ago. Too bad we didn't live back then. Do you see where I'm going with this? We have a mandate. We have a mission in life. Every believer in Jesus, we, we are called into, invited into a relationship where we represent God as Father, that we perform miracles, we pray for the sick and believe God for miracles, we release the power of the Holy Spirit on the earth because we have been sent in the same way that the Father sent Jesus, He is sending us. Jesus is our great example of faith. So we can't just lower Jesus' standard to things that we think we're good at. Well, I don't know that I would be good at that. Have you ever tried? So many times we never prayed for the sick because we never tried. We've never prophesied because we never tried. We've never believed God for miracles because we never tried. Our job, our mission in life is to become theologists, that we are experts at the character and nature of God. The character and nature of God destroys the works of the enemy and brings orphans into the family of God. That is our job. So we need to keep pressing in for more. It's like, well, that's for level 10 super Christians. There's no such thing as a level 10 super Christian. All you can do is repent of your sin, make Jesus the Lord of your life, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's it. You are a, you're all level 10 super Christians. Congratulations. You're all called into the ministry. All right, so if we're going to do what Jesus did, how do we do that? Well, there's a few keys that we can extrapolate from Scripture. Number one, we have to have a relationship with the Father the way that Jesus had a relationship with the Father. So we have to say certain things and do certain things the way that Jesus did. John chapter 5, Jesus said to the disciples, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing in his own accord. The Son only does what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. So, Jesus kept his eye on the Father. And he only did what he felt the Father was leading him in to do. Jesus didn't heal everybody in Israel 2,000 years ago. He healed the ones that he felt the Father was leading him to heal. Jesus didn't walk on water every time he needed to get across. Sometimes he took a boat and sometimes he walked. Jesus didn't multiply every meal, just a couple times. But he kept his eye on the Father so that he was led by the Father to do what the Father led him to do. Skip down to John 12, 49. Jesus said, I don't speak of my own. The Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know what this command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father's told me to say. So too often we do things that the Father hasn't led us to do and we say things that the Father hasn't led us to say. Jesus wouldn't do that. 
So if we're going to WWJD, if we're going to be theologists, we need to be very careful what we do and what we say. If we're going to model the love of the Father to a lost and hurting generation, we can't have an orphan spirit. We have to know that we have been adopted. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're beloved. We're accepted. We're not alone in this world. However, Jesus did model a dependency on the Father. Jesus was fully dependent on watching the Father of what Jesus should say and what Jesus should do. Well, how did Jesus develop this kind of relationship and dependency and knowledge of the Father? Well, Jesus was a doctorate-level theologist because he studied the character and nature of his Father. How? Prayer. Countless times in Scripture, Jesus is recorded as getting away from the crowds, getting away from the disciples, getting away early in the morning, and spending time in prayer. We learn theology through prayer. We learn theology, we learn the study and the character and nature of God by spending time talking to him and listening to him, by tuning our hearts to the radio frequency of heaven. Father, what are you doing? What are you saying? I want to see you. I want to follow you. Speak to my heart. Open my eyes. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying. That's not just for pastors. That's for Christians. Our job is to represent Jesus on the earth, WWJD. In addition to prayer, we have to read his word because the Bible will reveal what the Father is saying. And we need to learn to hear the voice of God. The problem is so many people read their Bible and it means nothing to them. It makes no sense to them. When I get a text from Josie, I I read it and I hear Josie's voice in my head. When I get a text from Scarlett, who's our administrator, she's from San Diego in Southern California. So suddenly in my head, I'm a valley girl. I'm like, okay, like Pastor Brad, we have this thing at the office where it's like, and those of you that know Scarlett, you're like, that's fair, that's fair. Some of you are like, he's exaggerating. Talk to Scarlett after service. I talked to Alan, Alan's from Brazil. So when I read Alan's texts, I'm reading them with a Brazilian accent. It's true. Why? Because I've spent hours with Alan. I've spent hours with Scarlett. I've spent hours with Josie. I know what their voice sounds like. So when I read their words, I read it as if they're speaking to my heart. When we read the word of God, we should spend so much time with the Lord in prayer, with the Lord in worship, with the Lord reading his word, that we understand the character and nature of God revealed. Like when we read something, it's like, like have you ever heard, <laughs> you ever heard like those um, apologetic people on YouTube and they're trying to win people to Jesus and they'll ask a question about God and somebody will come back with one of the most, I was going to say asinine, but I probably shouldn't say that in church. I mean, just some of the most asinine responses and be like, and like people that don't believe or be like, well, Jesus is all about love and acceptance of everything. And Jesus said, and then dot, dot, dot. They just say something stupid. And if you really know what Jesus said, when people that don't know Jesus talk and they're like, Jesus said this, you're like, ah, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. People don't know what Jesus said because they've never studied it. We need to be theologists. We need to be doctorate level Jesus lovers that we reveal the character and nature of the Father because we've studied the Son. You need to spend time in prayer. You need to spend time in the Word. You need to spend time in worship. And you need to not, prayer is not just talking to God. Often prayer is being quiet and listening to God, letting Him speak to your heart. We owe the world an encounter with God because for far too long the church has misrepresented Jesus. So God is looking for somebody to pour out his spirit and power on. God is looking for some hungry people. 
that are going to reveal the Father. I want us to be hungry. I want us all to be pursuing a theology degree in our hearts because of our pursuit of heaven. Basically, it's the Great Commission. It's Jesus' final instructions. After he was resurrected from the dead, he's returning to heaven. He gives one final command. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came to the disciples. He came to Uncommon Church. He said, guys, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, your job, Uncommon Church, is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But here's an important point for today. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always. Did you notice that our job is to teach all of the commands of Jesus to the next generation of disciples? So therefore, we need to learn what Jesus said and taught his disciples so that we can then teach that to the next generation. And he said, I will be with you always, and then he leaves. What does he mean he's with us always? God, the Holy Spirit, is with you. You're never alone. You're never powerless. You're never unloved. You're never unaccepted. You always have a loving Father in heaven who is with you and near you and empowering you and cheering you on and advocating for you. And Jesus invites all of his disciples to follow in his footsteps. And he has given us the same Holy Spirit that he had. Does that not blow your mind? That Jesus was God, but he was also fully man who was full of the Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus fills you. Romans, Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 8. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. (laughs) Jesus, three days in the tomb in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit breathes on the earth and brings life back to Jesus. That same Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. I don't understand that. That melts my face off. In you, in each one of us, is the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. It's the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Keep your finger right there in Romans chapter 8. My sermon today, I know sermons are supposed to have three points and a, a joke and an illustration. I had one point. It's Bill Johnson's quote. Jesus is perfect theology. But that point is an invitation for us to study and model and try and sometimes fail and then try again how to represent the Father to the earth. It's not a religious exercise. It's an invitation to a love relationship with the Father. Which is why when the disciples asked Jesus, said, Lord, teach us how to pray. We know all the religious Jewish prayers, but you've got a thing with God that we don't have. And Jesus said, it's easy, guys. Pray like this. Abba, I pray that your name would be holy. And they were all like, um, did he just say Abba? Because that's like this intimate word for father. It's like saying Papa or Daddy. It's like, Jesus was like, yeah, I want you to look at the Father God as Abba. This is not a religion. This is a relationship. This is an invitation into adoption as sons and daughters. The Apostle Paul, remember I told you to keep your finger in Romans chapter 8? The Apostle Paul was so fixated on the fact that we are to see God as a loving Father. A few verses later, in verse 14, he says, those of you that are led by the Spirit of God, I want to remind you, you are children of God. And it is the Holy Spirit that you receive that doesn't make you slaves, because then you're going to live in fear. Rather, the Holy Spirit that received you brought you into this relationship with God because he adopted you to sonship. 
And that is why we cry, and look at what Paul said, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies that we're God's children. I have to remind you that may not know, the Apostle Paul wrote these letters in the Greek language. And this particular letter was written to Christians that were in Rome that were Gentiles. Like you and I, most of us are all Gentiles. And he said, listen, you guys need to understand that I know that we've always for thousands of years looked at the Jewish people as the children of God, but we also have been adopted into that family and the Holy Spirit has been poured out to us and it should remind us that we have been adopted as children of the Most High God and it makes us cry out. And I'm sure Paul wrote, Pater, Father. But he's like, nah, fam, that sounds too formal. That sounds religious. I need to go back and grab a Hebrew word, and I'm going to write down forever that the Holy Spirit makes us cry out, Abba, Father. He, he forever wanted it to be cemented in our hearts and minds that he is not just some cosmic God in some distant universe. He is our Abba. And he invites us to reflect the Father to the next generation. Hop up on your feet. Jesus is perfect theology. Your homework is to read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You want extra credit in heaven? Read all four. Because I think we've become really good at church, but terrible at God. We've become experts at TikTok and Netflix and Instagram and our favorite hobby and our favorite sports team. But that's not what we were called and created to do. The Holy Spirit was given to our hearts that we would cry out, Abba, Father. And that we would reveal the Father to a lost and hurting generation. So my, my plea for you today is to become a theologist. Study the character and nature of God. From Genesis to Revelation, I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. And every time Jesus spends time with the Father, I want you to be like, I, I, I can do that. And every time Jesus quotes the Old Testament, he's quoting scripture that he's memorized. So you'd be like, I, I, I can do that. We all should be really good at God not great at church can we pray go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes otherwise Jesus can't hear you we're so religious it's so dumb <laughs> last week the Apostle Paul told us to fix our eyes on Jesus that's good advice he was saying all of us should become theologists because for 33 years, Jesus revealed the Father on the earth. Jesus is the ultimate cheat sheet for us to understand what God looks like on the earth. But it wasn't just for us to study and be awe and amazed. It's for us to open up our hearts and say yes and amen. What you did in him, do it in me. In the same way that you, the Father sent you, Jesus, I pray that you would send me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. There's so many people in, in my life, in my world, in my school, in my community, at my work that are so desperate for a touch of heaven. I pray, God, that Uncommon Church would be a people that reflect the love and power of God manifest on the earth. Well, with, with every head bowed and every eye closed, man, if you're here this morning or you're watching on YouTube, 
and you have been practicing sin again. You haven't been practicing righteousness. But the Holy Spirit has been convicting your heart to stop sinning. What Jesus told the woman who was in sexual sin, he said, go and sin no more. He wouldn't have invited her to do that if it weren't possible. So all of us have been invited into this relationship of holiness and righteousness with the Father. If you're here this morning and you need to accept that invitation, either for the first time or the first time in a long time, maybe you've never really prayed, you've never really repented of sin, you've never really received the spirit of adoption in the family of God, or maybe you let your heart grow cold and you've walked away from faith, you separated yourself from God, you made a practice of sinning. What did Jonathan say when he was baptized? When I was in college, I did the college things and it left me empty. Maybe you've been doing some things that you hoped would fill you, but in the end, it always left you empty. Man, God loves you so much. There is a place for you at his table and he wants to adopt you into his family. The choice is yours, the invitation is open. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer to ask God to forgive you of sin and to ask Jesus to become the Lord of your heart, the Lord of your life. It might be the first time you've ever prayed this prayer or the first time in a long time. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning and you need to pray this prayer and you've gotta get right with God, I'd like to know who I'm praying for. Would you shoot your hand up real high right now? Just be brave and shoot your hand up. I see your hand right there. Is there anybody else? I see your hand over there. Is there anybody else? I see your hand right there. Is there anybody else? I see your hand right there. Is there anybody else? Come on, shoot them up. I see your hand right there. Is there anybody else? Good. Yeah, I see your hand over there. Yeah, good. Yeah, I see your hand right there. Yeah. Anybody else? I see your hand right there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yay God. Yay God. Yay God. YouTube, I don't want to leave you out. Six or seven people boldly raise their hand and say, today's my day to get right with the Father. Right there, you at home, just shoot your hand up between you and God and say, today's my day to pray and get right. Why don't we all pray this prayer together? If you believe this in your heart, pray it out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I repent. I surrender my life to you. I don't want to be good at sin and bad at God. I want to be a disciple, a student of your character and your nature. So wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive the gift of eternal life and of your love. Holy Spirit, come in my heart that I would cry out, Abba, Father. Thank you for adopting me into your family. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Hey, I'm so proud of you. 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 Come on, somebody. Wow, 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 wow. What a great day to be in the house of God. Here's what we're going to do. I'd like our prayer team to come down to the front. And I want you that... Um, 
prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, whether you raise your hand or not, I want you to fill your name, your initials on a, on a light bulb and screw it into the Jesus wall. If you're watching on YouTube, I want you to text the name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, to 817-405-2244. That's gonna send you an auto-response form. Please fill that form out, click submit. We wanna put your name on a light bulb on the Jesus wall. We wanna to begin to pray for you and encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.